This is the Rundown Pod, a podcast about podcasts. I'm Roger Clark, with an E, announcer and co-host for this production. And now, a man who needs no introduction. That is, if you happen to be riding shotgun as he drove the Pope's specially designed vehicle through the streets of Havana this weekend, Mr. Paul Clifford. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Rundown Pod. We have an exciting episode for you today. We have two podcasts. We have, first off, Grantland Pop Culture. We'll be looking at one episode that covers a money ball kind of technique for movies and be talking about some of the older episodes and some of the other stuff with that podcast. And then we're also going to be talking about Limetown, kind of a multi-episodic fictional podcast similar to Serial, if you're familiar with that. So it's kind of an odd format, something new, someone doing something creative with podcasts. You know, that's why we're here to kind of bring you the news and, and kind of the latest. There's been a podcast explosion. If you go into iTunes and look at uh, New and Noteworthy, it's insane how many podcasts there are out there with one to five episodes. So that's why you come to us at the Rundown Pod. We'll kind of look at things. We come out on Mondays and Thursdays and we'll give you our take on what some of these new podcasts, some of the bigger ones, some of the smaller ones. And it's a lot of fun. So before we begin, a couple housekeeping notes, as always, www.rundownpod.com is our website. You can go there for show notes and you can actually listen to or go to the websites of the podcast that we review by episode. So that's very convenient. And also you can tweet at me at rundownpod. And you can, of course, always email me, paul at rundownpod.com. So with that, let's jump right in to our first podcast that we'll be looking at, and we'll listen to a clip from the Grantland Pop Culture Podcast. Grantland typically does sports. It's the Bill Simmons vehicle. He loves the New England Patriots for those sports fans out there. I think he's going to be leaving the ESPN empire. But anyway, this is Grantland Pop Culture. A little more after this clip. So in an industry full of huge egos and people who have both personally and sort of financially invested in movies, how hard is it to go to someone and say, well, the data says, like, no one's going to go see your movie? People, not just in Hollywood, people come at anything with their own biases. And it's very hard to kind of break that down. You know, there have been times where we've run numbers, um, you know, on movies. There's a movie coming out in the future. I can't really say what it is. And it, 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 it didn't score nearly as well as what similar films have ever scored. Is it, is it Star Wars? Yes, it's Star Wars. <laughs> but I can't say that it's Star Wars. And, and the reaction from the executives was a, a little more questioning of them, the methodology. and you know. Yeah. All of a sudden, they become Bayesian experts. Yeah. Hello. They're kind of taking that, that money ball technique, the saber metrics technique, and applying it to movies. So this guy talks about some algorithms he's put together, and he's hired by the larger... Um, production companies and then they ask him about the movies and how they're going to do with this set of stars or with this plot line and he's able to answer questions and and find out about where he thinks or how this movie is going to do in the box office so you might look at guardians of the galaxy and he'll be able to tell you a little bit about something the probability that it'll make back the initial investment which of course you can realize would be very very valuable to movie investors so let's let's listen to something uh the uh the guest is saying about valuable movie actors. So here's something he's saying about a particular valuable movie actor. You know, from all the movies that we've looked at, you know, one actor that totally comes to mind, and, you know, again, 
you know, the sort of more extreme examples in either direction, you know, a lot of times are very common knowledge or Stop you know, being such wisdom. a nuanced data guy. Just tell us who it is. <laughs> uh, Denzel Washington. Every movie that we've run with his name in it has increased the score of that film as a concept by anywhere from 30 to 40 percent. Didn't matter what it was. Now, so it should could he be, be getting paid more than what he's well, I mean, I'm no, he's getting I, paid I, a lot, again, right? Again, oh, yeah, I'm sure. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's making minimum wage. Um, yeah, he's, you know, he's somebody, again, you can model out what somebody now adds to a particular project and figure out, let's say you're running a Monte Carlo simulation based on these numbers and you're looking at the, you know, the 50% median level now in a likely scenario, you know, how much money is this person likely to add? And you can actually start to quantify not just, Hey, this guy is worth $20 million overall, but okay. In this project, you know, with this budget and, you know, these are the parameters we're working with. This is what it looks like. He adds relative to Sam Worthington, Okay, so now we have two facts about movies that we've learned. We've learned, A, that the Star Wars movie may not be that good or as good as everybody's saying. So before you go out and short Disney sock, remember that he's giving advice to the production companies, and then they can maybe fix it, or hopefully they can use this advice to maybe correct it. So don't go out and uh, consider this advice to short Disney just because the Star Wars movie, according to this guy who sounds like he has laryngitis, says that the movie's going to suck. Second thing, Sam Worthington. Denzel Washington better than Sam Worthington. I don't know where that came from. Maybe Sam Worthington's considered like the the 1.0 player. So there's worse actors and there's better actors. You know, Steven Spielberg, he's he's on one level. M. Night Shyamalan, he's on another level. Wait, I see Roger Clark with an E. You have your hand up. What's that? Sam Worthington plays Jake Sully in Avatar. Sam was born in England and raised in Australia. Someone with his pedigree is certainly worthy of my respect. Ah, a little biographical information uh, from uh, Roger Clark with an E. Appreciate it, Roger. Let's look at some other things about the Grantland Pop Culture Podcast. Um, It's got four stars out of five on iTunes, so not perfect. And so what they do, I should say this, is that it's not always this group of people. They sometimes, whoever Bill Simmons, I think, likes... He has them come in and bring their podcast or produce a special episode. They have episodes on McDonald's Breakfast All Day and Do You Like Prince Movies? It's a podcast about movies. It's Wesley Morris and Alex Papademos. Excuse me, Alex, if I, if I murdered your name. And they discuss uh, film and pop culture, sometimes TV as well. And here's a review from a man named Shakewurst. And Shakeworth says they should change this to the whitest guys alive talk about black music. They think they're funny, but they're not. Hmm. I did not find the episode where the white guys talk about black music, but Shakeworth was not impressed with that episode, I'll have you know. And here's another one from 20 Makeup. And this person says, There's a level of cultural arrogance here that makes me wonder if Greenwald and Ryan are doing a subtle parody of hipsters. Well, there's a lot of five-star ratings, but I I just picked two one-stars there, and I apologize to the Grantland Pop Culture podcast, but they were kind of funny. And I was able to find the clip that I believe 20 Makeup is talking about when he talks about the level of cultural arrogance and a subtle parody of hipsters. So let's listen to these two guys do a subtle parody of hipsters. But Jake Johnson, star of stage and screen, stage has kindly, kindly well, you know, thank you for saying that because people don't talk about that. I just <laughs> spent right. the last nine weeks and uh, yeah. off Broadway, working no, very on, far off. They're working on my one man show called Tubby and a Turtleneck, <laughs> <laughs> just killing it. It's the story of a young man who loves cheeseburgers and fights cancer, but he never had cancer. 
So he just fights it. Just just as an idea more than right. a disease, which and, is oh, just as noble. But obesity and high blood pressure, he does not fight. He saves those for... For a rainy day. For a rainy day. Well, bravo to you. I'm sure the uh, the off off. Yeah, it's a few offs, yeah. uh, Well, the critics have been really nasty because they're jealous. <laughs> now, I do get I get a faint whiff of hipsterness, but Tubby and a Turtleneck, that thing's got legs. It's got comedic legs. It, 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 it's a little bit funny. I chuckled inside. The rest of it, you know, I get the point. Uh, 20 makeup. So, bravo to you. So, with that, let's just segue right on over to our second podcast. It's called Limetown, a fictional podcast. But uh, hold on, let's go through the Segway music and then we'll pick it up after that. Okay, Limetown is is kind of a throwback to the Orson Welles War of the Worlds kind of radio program. And so they, they, they kind of mix the modernness of Serial, Serial, the recent NPR, kind of This American Life, Sarah Koenig-produced podcast about a real murder that occurred in Baltimore. So they, they kind of take a little bit of that and a little bit of World of the Worlds, and they make something creative and interesting out of it. It's, it's something new anyway. I'm not sure I like it. But it's something new. you got to definitely give them a thumbs up for trying that. So let's listen to the first one minute of the first podcast. And th this kind of explains a lot of the backstory, or at least the premise of the story that they'll be handling over uh, several episodes. Reports of violence erupted today in the research facility known as Town, located in White County, Tennessee, and home to over 300 residents. Emergency services have gathered to the isolated location as smoke rises from somewhere on the property. The first time most people heard about Limetown was on the night of February 8th, 2004. 911, what is your emergency? Hello? 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 Are you there? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. What is the nature of your emergency? We need There? 17 minutes later, the first responders arrived to the outside gate, followed shortly thereafter by local news station WVPK, where they uncovered the troubling reality. No one was allowed access into Limetown. Samantha, can you tell us what's going on? Thanks, Ron. We're standing at the outer security gates of Limetown, and as you can see... There the introduction to Limetown there. So, did that draw you in? Are you interested to hear more? Well, you can find it at the iTunes store, or you can come to the Rundown Pod website. Roger, what do you think of this, this little scary production? An old style radio play. My fathers used to listen to these in the 1930s and 40s. Makes me nostalgic for a time when I wasn't alive. Mm, yeah, the 30s and 40s. Know nothing about them. I've seen a lot of black and white motion pictures set in the 30s and 40s, so I feel like I know a little bit. Yeah. Uh, a lot of dust bowls. It seems like a lot of uh, men, men and women running around in really cool GM cars shooting submachine guns at each other. Okay, let's listen to another clip. Human death. 
There is a mystery there we must live in, must thrive in. It is there, in the darkness, where we will find the light that unites us all. Thank you. By all accounts, Dr. Oscar Totem was a remarkable man, revered by some, feared by many, but respected by all within his field. But as stated earlier, no one would go on record for any part of the story, perhaps out of fear of a potential link of their name to his. Despite his fall from grace, Dr. Totem remains remarkable for another reason. His were the only human remains found in the town on the day of the disappearance. Hmm, Dr. Oscar Totem, the only human remains found in this Limetown place of the 300 people who disappeared. It's a, it's a mystery focused on him, and that's a clip, or a, a fictional clip, of him giving something like a TED Talk, it sounds like. So, the plot thickens a little bit. What do you think, Roger? I should give a TED Talk on what it's like for an macOS computerized voice to co-host a podcast. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could even lead a large congregation of followers to some remote desert town. Not, not every person that gives a TED Talk, Roger, leads a large congregation of followers to a small or remote desert town. I'd say 60 to 70% of the TED Talk guys do, but not all of them. There's a 30% that just go back to their normal lives. Let's listen to another clip. We have decided that we are withholding the name and the location of our interview, despite pressure from the FBI and the rest of the world. I can say that we did verify her identity against the publicly available fingerprint manifest released by the Limetown Commission report. She is, in fact, a survivor. I can also say that where we met was several hundred miles from where she currently resides. Beyond her status as a survivor, her account could not be fact-checked. The need for this statement will soon become clear. Hmm. They find a survivor from the Limetown tragedy. Hmm. This is, the plot is really, really thickening. What do you think, Roger? I may not be able to sleep tonight. Hmm. Yeah, I'm a little frightened myself. Now... Roger, I know you have a daughter who lives in London named Kate, and she's going to read the reviews from iTunes for this segment. I did it last time. I, I did a fair to Midland job, but I think Kate can do it. I think she can do a really good job. What do you think, Kate? Can you uh, read us a review from this show? Freckles with a three instead of an E says, entirely overproduced, and the journalist was attempting to be Sarah Koenig. I listened to the second episode and not five minutes in, said to myself, this is horrible. Who produced it? Hate it. The background music is overdone. The voices are too Hollywood. I will pass. Hmm. But look at that. Freckles with a three instead of an E. Kind of like you, Roger Clark, with an E. Maybe you could share your E with Freckles with a three. And a banjo on my knee. I have no clue what I'm talking about anymore. Kate, that person hated it. Freckles with a three hated the podcast. Let's hear someone who loved it. On the other hand... Dr. Piglet said, really enjoyed the storytelling and the production value of the podcasts. Great storyline. Music enhances and gives depth to the story. Definitely a homage to Serial. I like Dr. Piglet's, uh, he, he recognized it was a homage to uh, Serial as well. And he likes the music and the, I do like the dramatic music. I'm with Dr. Piglet all about that dramatic music. Well... That's it for today, and that's what you gotta love about Rundown Pod. You're in, you're out, you get two, you get an idea about two great podcasts, or maybe not great podcasts. I don't know. You decide on what you think of Limetown and Grantland pop culture. 
You decide. But you got to hear about them. You got to listen to them. You got to hear some entertaining computerized voices from both Kate and Roger Clark with an E. So, I'm Paul Clifford saying matinee, hasta la vista, el viterzain, and see you next time. <laughs>